Hello, and welcome to the Yosemite Area Creatives Podcast. My name is Tom Shiavon, and I'm recording from Yosemite Cowork in Oakhurst, California. I'll be your host as we yak with artists and artisans from the picturesque Sierra Mountains surrounding Yosemite National Park. We all know sometimes company names are pure marketing. The Joyful Owl Chef is definitely not one of those situations. Marissa Rose really is full of joy and positive energy. It was really fun talking to her about her unusual start as a professional baker, the passion she puts into every dish, and what she hopes people feel when they taste her creations. I hope you enjoy hearing her story as much as I did. All right, so we're here talking today with Chef Marissa Rose uh, of Mariposa. So why don't you tell us a little bit just how you got to the area? Oh, I was actually born in Mariposa. I moved away when I was quite young, and I spent my entire life trying to get back to this tiny town. So in my 20s, uh, my early 20s, I made my way back, and I've been here since. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a great area to be in. You get kind of spoiled being in the, the Yosemite area. Take it for granted, for sure. I remember when I first came here, it was just glorious, and now I see it every single day, and I try to remember that original glory. It's a beautiful place to be. Okay, so then um, how did you discover your love of cooking and baking and that this was a skill that you had? Honestly, I needed a job. I was pregnant with my daughter, and I knocked on the back door at Savory's accidentally on the night when she was having her company Christmas party. And I'm standing there with this tray of cookies, and she's like, come on in. She thinks I'm here for this Christmas party, and I'm standing there like a a doe. And um, she invites me in, and she hired me on the spot to be a baker. I had absolutely no experience whatsoever. And I always did have a love of cooking. And slowly but surely, I started doing her desserts and then, um, you know, built my own business out of her restaurant. And the rest is kind of history. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. like what a serendipitous accidental way to get hired. The universe provides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first job was at Little Caesars and I got that because... I had been there the day before folding boxes because my buddy worked there. Oh. But I would say Little Caesars is probably not quite as exciting <laughs> as what you had going on. Maybe not. Um, no, definitely not. Okay, so then, okay, so now you've you've started in this, and so how did you how did you start to branch out to other things? How did you make this a, a career out of some kind of just a happenstance beginning? I started making my own cheesecakes for holidays. Cheesecakes have always been my favorite dessert. And it started off as me just making cheesecakes for Christmas every year. And then it was for every holiday. And then it was for birthdays. And it was for baby showers. And then slowly but surely, everybody was like, we want your cheesecake. And I use a lot of, you know, really fresh ingredients. And the recipe that I use, I think, is very different than a lot of other people. And they're like, how do you get your cheesecake so light and fluffy? It's amazing. So from making cheesecakes, I just built my business and created the Joyful Owl. Originally, it was just the Joyful Owl Cheesecakes, and now I'm the Joyful Owl Chef. I have worked in just about every restaurant in Mariposa. When 1850 first opened, which is Miriam's son, 
from Savory's. It's like a family thing. When they first opened, I was making all of their desserts at 1850. I was making all the desserts at the health food store for many years. Uh, I was doing chef work as the cook at the charter school for a while. Then, you know, of course, I was at Savory's doing all their desserts. I still currently make all of the desserts at the Little Shop of Ramen. So I think just dipping and dabbling in all of these different places, I've been able to, you know, build a pretty good client base on my own. That's great. And so when you started, was that like a goal that you were like, oh, I'd like to do this? Or did it just happen as you were, people were giving you really good feedback that you were like, oh, this is something maybe I can actually make work? Honestly, it's something that's always brought me joy. So I always felt like it wasn't a job to me. So it's not like I really had this like goal in mind that I wanted to eventually be this, you know, private chef in Yosemite. And I just really enjoy what I do. And I think other people, you know, see the joy in it. And I was able to just build off of that. And I've created something much bigger than I ever really anticipated. It's been a journey. (laughs) And so where does the name Joyful Owl come from? Oh my, that's a loaded question. Okay. So growing up, my grandmother collected owls, um, little owl figurines, um, owl magnets. Her whole apartment was just filled with owls. Every time we went to a yard sale, every time, you know, we had a holiday, we would pick granny up an owl. And she has always been a bit of an inspiration to me. And um, she actually passed away this last year at 91 years old, along in happy life. And it was kind of an homage to her. So even now I actually have owl tattoos and I've kind of carried uh, her love of owls into my own personal business. And, you know, owls are, are very wise and independent. And I always saw that as a, as a symbol of somebody that I wanted to be. I'm sorry to hear that she passed, but it sounds like you had a good relationship and you're able to uh, carry her memory forward. Absolutely. With that. Yes. Within the name Joyful Owl, obviously, uh, joy is a big part of that. And so scrolling through your Facebook and your your website, one of the phrases that stood out to me was that you wanted to bring joy back to eating. And so what does that mean for you? I, I often eat food usually daily, <laughs> um, but I don't often think of it as like a joyful thing. It's kind of just a, a fueling up thing. Um, I see. So- What is it that you want to bring back joy to eating? Well, I think that is the largest part of what I do is making sure that I put a lot of joy and love and abundance and energy into what I'm doing because I really feel like, you know, eating should be a joyful experience. And a lot of times we're just sitting down and we're eating because we have to, you know, we need to sustain hunger somehow because we need to stay alive. And I think that, You know, eating is so much more than just sitting down and shoveling something into our faces. It really should be an act of gathering. And even if you're by yourself, the act of sitting down and nourishing your body and recognizing, hey, I'm putting these things into my body as a nourishment, it should be a joy. You don't want to sit down and look at your food and just be like, ugh, I got to eat again. Right. 
yeah. <laughs> you want to make sure that, you know, it's an all around experience. And especially one of the things that I really enjoy, and it's probably something very silly, um, but it is something that I wanted to eventually bring into what I do is when I buy a box of yogi tea. There's a little flap on there, and on that flap, it has a little saying on it, whatever it is. And that becomes such a source of joy for me, for my daughter, for, you know, my Aunt Irene in New Jersey to sit down and have that moment of whatever it is, clarity or joy or happiness. And I think that food in general should be an experience, you know, what you're seeing, what you're smelling, what you're tasting. It should be a joyous experience, not just something that is needed to survive. (laughs) I hear all the time that, you know, if they invented a pill that I could just, you know, eat every day and, you know, sign me up. And um, that's, that makes me sad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It does. Well, I think, yeah, self-care is such a important thing now. Um, As I get older, I'm learning the importance of doing that and not just being able to go on as a machine. Sure. Um, But I think a lot of times when we think of self-care, we think of uh, maybe getting out and taking a hike or exercising. We think of maybe like mindfulness or Mm -hmm. meditation, Um, but food doesn't often enter into that. But I like what you were saying because that is really, there's a lot of senses there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that can revitalize us and that we can bring a lot of enjoyment. And I liked also that you were with the the Yogi Tea comment, like that you were also bringing that mindfulness into it as well. Absolutely. I think that eating is for the mind, body, and soul. And I think a lot of people have lost touch with that because it's something that we have to do on a daily basis. And, you know, like you said, to be able to go out and take a hike or, you know, if you want to do yoga, you know, those are things that people technically, you know, typically think are ways of self-care. But I think eating is one of the biggest components of self-love because we have to do it every single day. And if you're not enjoying what you're putting into your body, you know, that has an effect and it ripples out into, you know, the energy that you have throughout the day. And I think it's just, it's um, underrated because it's very important. Yeah. And I think if you can connect that joy to the act of eating, it's something that you can do more frequently than a lot of other types of self-care. Like getting out for a hike, right? It's hard to do that three times a day. Mm-hmm. It can really make a difference, I think, in your in your life if you're able to, to bring that mentality to it. Absolutely. You like using fresh ingredients. You like really bringing in different ways of creating. Um, so what are some of the, the local um, ingredients that you prefer to use? And are there any kind of fun dishes that you make or kind of even have created? <laughs> um, from just being in this area and using fresh ingredients? Yeah, so I try to source as many fresh ingredients as I possibly can. I'm going and connecting with our local organic farmers. I am going to local farmers markets during, you know, season, of course. I'm connecting with other local artisans and bringing in, you know, different things so that I can help support my economy in a much larger way and support other, you know, people who do things you know, similar to what I'm doing. I want to be able to share that with them as well. 
you know, it's really important for me to source the freshest ingredients that I can because it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference in in taste and you can, you know, definitely see the quality, the difference between, you know, a fresh tomato picked right off of the vine and a tomato that was picked a few weeks ago, probably much earlier than it should have been to be put into a grocery store so that you can have it, you know, it's missing its its vital nutrients and and, you know, to me, you know, that brightness and that zest. So that is a big part of what I do is making sure that I'm knowing where my food is coming from and connecting with other locals. And that does play a big part in the different dishes that I make as well, because say things like I do sushi dinners. Um, I try to make sure that all of those ingredients are nice and fresh and they're very bright. I do a lot of Mediterranean dinners in which, you know, I really, really love to source like fresh tomatoes. And another thing that is also really important is being able to get fresh organic dairy. I actually just partnered with a local farm in Corsgold to provide what they call a herd share. So basically what that means is that I now own a part of the cow, (laughs) but I'm able to go to the farm and milk the cow. They have these wonderful Jersey cows who are fed, you know, they're not fed any GMO ingredients. They're pasture raised, they're grass fed, grass finished. And that's really important to me because it carries over into not just my specialty dishes, but all of my dishes. So I think a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you make this amazing gourmet food. And really all I'm saying is that I'm not making anything really different than what you're doing. I'm just using fresher ingredients. (laughs) Yeah, that's. I think that's really important. I think, you know, with the rise of food science and the creation of lots of fake chemical ingredients that was to make food cheaper or stay on the shelf longer or whatever. Um, I think a lot of times we have, um, or even, you know, getting produce year round, right? Like tomatoes only grow in a certain time of year in a certain place. And so for you to be able to go to the grocery store all year round, they have to get them from Argentina or somewhere else in the world. Absolutely. Um, And I think that we get used to uh, substandard produce, and ingredients. And we think that that's just what food is. Sure. And I remember uh, near my dad's house in in Florida, there's an Amish market. And we went there and got tomatoes that they had grown and they were fresh tomatoes and they hadn't been picked when they were green and shoved on a truck and driven across the country or flown to a different country. And just the flavor in it was so much different than you get used to like mealy tomatoes and a fresh tomato just the the taste is amazing. It really is. You know, I actually have a friend who worked on an organic potato farm in Petaluma, I believe. And he brought me back 10 or 15 different varieties of potatoes. And he told me that those varieties were a few of 48 different types of potatoes. I didn't know there were 48 different types of potatoes. Right, yeah. And they were delicious, and each one of them so different. But when you go to the grocery store, you have a red potato, you have maybe a butter potato, you have a russet potato. We have such a small portion of what vegetables are actually 
available out there. So I like to try to support, you know, the local organic farmers who are growing some things that are different than the variety of what we have, because it's just, to me, so much better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Petaluma isn't that huge of a difference of climate than where we are. Obviously, they're a lot closer to the coast. Um, so it's interesting to think that 48 different varieties could be grown in one climate. Absolutely. So it sounds like, you know, what you create seems to be a little bit more than just making good food. So what is it that you hope when you work with your clients, we've kind of talked about making your own food, right? And having that kind of daily thing. But when you work with clients, what is it that you really hope to deliver to them? Lots of joy. <laughs> I think for me, um, I want people to recognize that it is an all-around experience. I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to look at their food and be happy and looking at the vibrant colors. And then, of course, when they're tasting their food, I want them to go on a journey. When they're smelling their food, I want it to be aromatic and just joyful. And that's what the experience is for me. And that's why I'm the joyful chef, so that I can spread joy Eventually, what I would like to do, I had touched on a little bit earlier, is I'd like to have some organic things that you can buy specifically in the grocery store. So if you go into whatever, Rayleigh's, and you want to buy an organic cheesecake, one of mine that are frozen, I want you to be able to open up the packaging and have an affirmation of joy or abundance or whatever it is to just you know, spark that little bit of inspiration for your day. I do carry a lot of that into the events that I do. And anybody who's um, done an event with me will say, you know, she truly is the joyful owl because it carries over into everything that I do. It's not just the food that I make. It's like I said, it's an all around experience. And it is very different than just going and sitting down at a restaurant. They bring out your plate, you eat your food, you're done. You know, I want to come out and I want to give you a joyful experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a communal aspect to the food that you mentioned before. And I think that it sounds like there's also a a community aspect as Absolutely. well as um, working with local organic farmers and different organizations that can provide things. And then you bring those to the people and you bring that community in. Definitely sounds like a more um, enjoyable and human to human interaction rather than just a transactional, here's your plate of food sure. and you eat it. Yeah. Well, I think I built my business within other local businesses for so long. So that community aspect has become really important to me because I was supported in a much larger way so that I could build my business. And I want to be able to show that same support to other local artisans as well and to get their products out there. And, you know, a lot of them are using high quality ingredients. A lot of them are, you know, working with other local homesteaders. And when you're supporting one person, you're also su supporting a whole interconnected connected web of community members that are just like me at the end of the day. And I want to be able to share that because we have people who come in from all over the world. You know, we live in a very special place because we're right outside of Yosemite National Park. So we're not just catering to our local community, but we're catering to people who come in from everywhere. And, you know, if I can play a role in, you know, expanding our community and sharing what we do with others, you know, that's really important to me. I didn't want to have a business to where it was just, 
I do what I do and I support myself and I become, you know, this massive food star, you know, I want to be a part of something much larger. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think people do come from all over. It's one of the most beautiful areas in the whole world. You know, people think about, oh, you go to Yosemite and you see all the famous rock structures and how pretty it is, um, but also have another layer of I had one of the best cheesecakes I've ever had in my life, <laughs> or maybe the best. I don't want to undersell. I hear um, that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had the best cheesecake I've ever had in my life when I went to Yosemite. And so it's just another level of enjoyment that you're able to provide. So then let's talk about, as we kind of wrap up here, what services do you offer? So if somebody's listening to this and they think, wow, that sounds really fantastic, what possible services could they use of yours? Okay. Well, I do a little bit of everything. I do a lot of things within the local community as far as, um, you know, baby showers. I'm doing these beautiful vintage weddings. Um, I'm offering um, these uh, wonderful charcuterie boards, which also plays into larger events like that, um, baby showers, weddings. I do personal uh, private chef dinners, typically dinners for birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. I take custom orders for cheesecakes, but not just for you know birthdays and anniversaries and things like that, but I also make wedding cheesecakes. Um, and then I partner with um, local Airbnbs um, throughout the whole area um, and up in Yosemite West. I actually have a, a celebrity client that Ooh. comes up twice a year. He's he's actually a big deal. Um, actor Jared Leto. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he comes up twice a year. He really enjoys staying up in Yosemite and he does a lot of rock climbing and things like that. And he's a huge fan of my butternut squash soup. I think he would just lick the bowl clean every time he's here. But I do a little bit of everything. You know, I have a, a really wonderful local following of community members and then, you know, all the way up to celebrity clients. I kind of do it all. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't realize that when I invited you to be on the podcast that I would be like two degrees of separation from Jared Leto. That's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty exciting. That should bump up the listen count. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So if, if somebody wanted to uh, contact you, how would they do that? I do have a website. You can visit me at joyfulowl.kitchen, or I do have a Facebook page. Just look up Joyful Owl Chef. And then, of course, my own personal page, uh, Marissa Rose, which is typically known by the community members. I'm expanding little by little, and this website is new. So if you have any suggestions for the website or let me know, and I'll make some changes. All right. That would be fantastic. And you actually did bring... Um a parfait, right? Is that what I did? Yeah. Yes. So I've been staring at that um, from across the table here. So I'm looking forward to digging into that soon. Enjoy it. Thanks. <laughs>